Hello, Isaac. Put the camera on yourself <laughs> and do the intro. Hello, Isaac. Hello, hello. We don't do the whole hello thing anymore. Oh. <laughs> just do. You said you had it. It's easy. Just go ahead and do it. Put the camera on yourself. Hello, Isaac. Just, just tell the people what we're doing today, Nick. Songs for charity. Great. Are we gonna play some songs to raise money for charity? Nope. We got oh no, we're gonna YouTube. talk about people that already did that. Yep, that's what we're gonna do. Do you want to know why we're talking about that today? Because we ran out of other shit to talk about. No, it's not correct. <clears throat> because on this day in history, we are the world was recorded. Hmm. This was the day that they all got together. I'm Misty. And I'm Ike. The next 15 minutes. We're going to debate pop culture. My background's in music. My background's in film. I know the topics beforehand. And I don't. We check the internet for the facts. And ruin it with opinions. From pop rocks in your lunchbox. To Happy Meal toys and swatch clocks. What year in history was that? Well, let me tell you. Quickly. <laughs> um... Um, so we have a world. It had a whole bunch of people. Do you want to know who? Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to know all of the people. Okay. Lionel Name them. Lionel Richie, (laughs) Kenny Rogers, uh Michael Jackson. Paul Simon, James Ingram, Tina Turner, Billy Joel, Diana Ross, Dionne Warwick, Willie Nelson, Al Jarreau, Bruce Springsteen, Kenny Loggins, Steve Perry, Daryl Hall, Huey Lewis, Cindy Lauper, Bob Dylan, and Ray Charles. The choir was did you, wait, filled did you out. Get Dan Aykroyd in there? The, because I thought he was in the choir. Oh, okay. there were twenty oh, people in the choir okay, okay. that were people like Bette Midler, Smokey Robinson, the Pointer Sisters, Latoya Jackson, Waylon Jennings, and Band Aid architect Bob Geldof. Did you say Kenny Loggins after every other name? Because that would be really funny. That actually, yeah. Because I mean, he basically is the most important person in this list, because he's the highway to the danger zone. There's a lot of interesting facts about this song. There's some yeah. drama associated with this jam. Check your ego at the door. Yeah, I I like that. So that was on the door. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, they had on signs. the way into the uh, studio. Uh, my favorite like weird fact about this is um, <laughs> Prince didn't like the song, so he didn't show up. I love that so much. I I love he was just like, this and sucks. At, I could have done better. I ain't going. The, yeah, and at the time, he, plan- he, he blamed it on like needing to bail out a bodyguard after the AMAs the night before. So right. he'd like use that as the excuse, but really he just didn't like the song. I love well, that so w- much. The thing I got says that he came back with a counter offer to play guitar on the track. Which would have been so cool. And Quincy Jones responded to Prince's manager, Bob Cavallo, and said, I don't need him to play effing guitar. Man, <laughs> fuck you, Quincy. So Prince instead. <laughs> like That's what I would have said. He contributed you, a full song to the USA for Africa album. Yeah, got it. He's got his own track. That's so, man, such a badass. So cool. So do you know, like, why, where this came from? Like, what the start was of these giant celebrity groupings for charity like this? No, how did it start? So it started um, with Band-Aid. Band-Aid was something in the UK. Um, They came up with a single called Do They Know It's Christmas in 1984. Such a good song. It was started by Boomtown Rats singer Bob Geldof, who had seen the crisis going on in Ethiopia. 
And like a week later, he ran into, um, can't remember exactly who it was. He, he ran into another singer of another like Brit pop band and was like, have you heard about this? And the guy was like, I have. And all of a sudden they started like adding people on like, I don't know, Sting, Duran Duran, George Michael, Boy George, David Bowie. And they ended up with like Phil Collins, Paul McCartney, Bananarama, and they recorded the single and all of the proceeds for it went to the Ethiopian crisis. And so then we here in America, Quincy Jones went, well, we got to do that. Well, so I, re- <laughs> I, I did read that Harry Belafonte yeah. um, was the, the person who was most responsible for the American, like this happening. Yeah. Basically, it was his idea. He went to Quincy Jones and uh, Quincy Jones started talking to a couple of people. And when Michael Jackson agreed to do it with them. Then it blew up and right. everyone agreed to do it after that. Because in 1985, Michael Jackson was the biggest celebrity in the world. Basically. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he was up there. You know, oh, yeah. Who, who was kind who of was a big it? deal. Who was I mean, 1985. But. Who was it? I mean, we were all kind of doing our thing in 85, you know? I was barely walking. But yeah. I was moonwalking. <laughs> so uh, what... Here's one thing about USA for Africa or whatever that other one was that started this whole thing. Um, well, that, it was from the UK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I lost this article. USA for Africa was the... Um, USA for Africa what, was... What they called this organization that yeah. the money was donated to for, for we, we Are, are the, the World. world. Great. Uh, Willie Nelson obviously was a part of that. Yes. And that's what inspired him to start Farm Aid in 1985. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, USA for Africa participants Dionne Warwick and Stevie Wonder would record That's What Friends Are For to benefit AIDS research. Yep. But you're forgetting a couple people. There are a couple more people in That's What Friends Are For. I there Yeah. Were. I'm forgetting probably a lot of people. No, there were only four four voices. Oh, who else was there? Uh, it was Dionne Warwick and... Sorry. Um, wasn't it Burt Bacharach? Let's see. That's what uh, we were talking about. That's what friends are for. Mm-hmm. Gladys Knight was on it. It was Gladys Knight, Dionne Warwick, and then there were two men. It was four voices. I used to, I used to sing it into my hairbrush. That's why I remember this. <laughs> Give us a little, a couple of bars. No. Come on, do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> no, not even a chance. So this story could be uh, just the way I remember it, or it could be pure fact. But the uh, w- where they recorded "We Are the World," which is the A and M Recording Studios, and it just is listed as Los Angeles right here, is now where the Jim Henson Studios are. I could be oh, wrong. I wouldn't have thought so. I would have thought Jim Henson had been there for a while. It's yes, but the the recording studio inside the audio recording. Oh studio yeah, inside, on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you go in there, right? yeah, and stand in the room, I, I feel like you're right. I, I feel like I've yeah. heard that before. So the first time I shot there, we got the tour, and they that last studio wasn't ready yet. And I I don't remember if it was either Tom Petty or the We Are the World thing. They went in and recorded anyway without carpet on the ground. Yeah, and then it sounded so amazing that they were like, well, "We can always bring carpet in, but let's leave no carpet in this one studio." And they never carpeted it yeah, after I've heard that. that before as well. It's pretty cool. Also, they have three smokestack-looking reverb chambers in mm-hmm. that studio. They do. Pretty awesome. 
done a lot of weird rehearsals for things at, at Jim Henson. And yeah. I'm always, I'm always amazed because depending upon who's there the day to like let you into the studios and whatever, some of them are very, Hey, do you want to see some stuff? Yeah. And everybody has their different version of what they think is the cool stuff to show people. <laughs> so every time you go, you get to see different things. Yeah. yeah. I kind of love it. I have a, a very dear friend that her office is there now and she'll be like, Hey, can you take us into this part? And I'm like, where does this come from? I've never seen this part before. Yeah. And so it's many not, weird little nooks and crannies. It's not a very big lot. It's not at all. It's got one or two big stages and yeah. then it's just mainly offices. Yeah. We did Super Bowl rehearsals on the big stage there. Yeah. It's yeah. one of the best like 3d scanner stages in the yeah, world. That's why we, yeah, that's exactly why we used it for the Super Bowl stuff. Cause we could replicate exactly where everything was going to be. Yep. Um, do you want to know one of, well, there are two that is two of these things that happened that are very, very unique. Um, there was something called hearing aid. Seriously? <laughs> Let me tell you why. Is that real? It was a collaboration of all of the metal stars of the eighties, the heavy metal stars. They were so. Do you have a list of that? Yes, they were so impressed by what everyone else is doing, but they kept noticing that they weren't being included in it because, I mean, their voices probably wouldn't meld that well. Like they, they didn't sing the same way, and so they decided to do their own called Hearing Aid for Africa Famine. I'm I'm really excited to hear who was in this. Okay, so Dio bandmates Jimmy Bain and Vivian Campbell were attending a charity radiothon and realized that they were the only heavy mu- heavy metal musicians there. They mentioned that to their band leader, Ronnie James Dio, and together they hatched a plan to correct this wrong and record a charity <laughs> record. Dio. So, that makes sense. It was Eric Bloom, Don Dockin, Kevin Dubrow, Rob Halford, Paul Shortino, Jeff Tate from the Scorpions, uh, Vince Neal, Mick Mars, Neil Sean, and Harry Shearer in full Spinal Tap persona. <laughs> I, I was I was excited that it was a bunch of great singers until you got to the Motley Crue guys, right? <laughs> like Mick, like, Mick oh, Mars is not Vince Neal. Yeah, Vince Neal and funny. Mick Mars are not hitting uh, hitting all the same notes that Dio is. Yeah, well, I mean, this was back in the '80s though, when they were a little bit more on their game. <laughs> yeah, um, it was in 1986, and they raised a million dollars for Africa famine. Um, with the funds earmarked specifically for agricultural machinery. Have you seen, I'm sure you have, Swedish Metal Aid? Uh, it is, to this day, it is one of my favorite videos to watch. Oh. It is the greatest thing you will ever see. It's the best thing on the internet. <laughs> I, I, I really it. think I, it is. I have no idea what you guys are even talking about. You it's should, a bunch of Swedish heavy Google metal it. stars in the 80s doing a charity song and... <laughs> It you you almost think that it's Spinal Tap. You're like, this can't be real. <laughs> it can't be real. Awesome. But it's real. And that like some of them are dressed up, but it's so much hair. So much hair. <laughs> That's it. And they all look exactly the same. Go- you gotta Google. You have it, to Google oh, it. Right, I'll check it out. Um. So the the flip side to that is that there is another group, the West Coast Rap All Stars, who in 1990 did a charity benefit called We're All in the Same Gang. <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing right I don't, I don't like these guys are super creative with this <laughs> um so krs1 basically decided he wanted to put something together um with his boogie down bandmates um because of the alarming spike in gang warfare 
and they wanted to raise some money to combat that. So they had Cool Modi, Heavy D, Public Enemy, <clears throat> uh, Tone Loke, Young NC, MC Hammer, Ice T, Dr. Dre, who also served as a producer. producer. Um, and the piece was actually conceived by a guy named Michael Concepcion, who was what? a former Crips member who had been paralyzed in a gang-related shooting. The conception was by a guy named Concepcion? <laughs> Come on. The piece was conceived That's by insane. Michael Concepcion. Here's a small blast of it in case we get kicked off. That sounds like... We're all in the same game. The hip-hop in the yeah. 80s. Yeah. Yeah. In the 80s. yeah. Um, I don't see here anywhere how much money it raised. That also had a very uh, jump, uh, crisscross, yeah, yeah, kind of feel to yeah. it. Oh wow, the song was actually nominated for best rap performance at the thirty third annual Grammy Awards. Uh, that's pretty great. That isn't cr like. That's one of those that when the Grammys hadn't really figured out what rap was yet. The Grammys were, haven't really figured out how to gauge anything. No, but they, it's but the biggest shit show in the world. Especially at that point in time, that would have been them going, oh, well, this one's for charity. We'll nominate this. Like that's, there's some shenanigans with that. Oh, there's nominated. some shenanigans across the board with Grammy nominations since the very beginning. Yeah, <laughs> it's the, not the, just rap. The weekend didn't even get nominated this year. That's, I was going to say, there's, there's a lot of ridiculous yeah well we'll just leave what's it the that. biggest charity song is it we are the world or is it um do they know it's christmas what's the one that raised the most money that's a good question that is a good question do you know, i don't know do, which do one. they know it's christmas is on every year it is for a month yeah yeah where does that money go now i think it still i'm sure goes. it still goes to a foundation yeah, i think it still goes Absolutely. to the foundation yeah fine but but we are the world had to have raised more money at the time you know, like in the moment. Yeah. But, but do you know? So. Do they know it's Christmas is happening for a twelfth of every year? Yeah. So it would be interesting. Like, are we looking that up? We should. We should get that fact. You should. You'll have to tune in next time, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on. I have an article about each of them right here, so it's got to tell me how much each of them raised. I thought there were like a lot more like big ones where fifty people got in the room, but I'm not seeing them. There's there's quite a few. There's I mean, voices there's, that care that was about the Gulf War. There's heal the world. There's still stuff like that happening. They yeah. did some stuff like that at the beginning of quarantine. Yeah, when we thought it was, was going like to last two weeks. Global citizen and yeah. Um. Well. <laughs> Like everybody's like, wash your hands. This wash article does <laughs> not tell Put me. on your mask and wash your hands. Uh, Isaac, will my, you look up how much money did Do They Know It's Christmas make? Okay. Uh, fun fact, while you guys are looking that up, Harry Belafonte um, is, Interesting uh, fella. Is, is best known for his song, the Banana Boat song. Yeah. The, the Get on the boat. Day Banana boat. That song? Yeah. That's funny. Like That's funny. $24 million bucks. All right. Well, We Are the World raised $63 million, equivalent so. to $147 million today. Dang. Even with the Christmas every year thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 90% of the money was pledged and delivered for African relief, both long and short term. Maybe this was just what was raised at the time. It sold two million copies. 
Maybe it's not including like post residuals. Maybe. I, I read just a second ago that uh, We Are the World was 75 million. So it's that's probably where it's at now yeah. compared to the 60 something from the 80s right. or whatever. Well, well, that's our good deed for the week, folks. That's our good deed. Done. Good deed done. And since tomorrow's Friday, we'll see you then. See you tomorrow.